behind the shade. So tell me about these Clarity Weekend. Like, what does that involve? So every year I have this tradition. I take usually a very big chunk of New Year's Eve and I spend time writing. I go out and I, I buy a new notebook and pen and um, a couple of hours where I dive back into the year that just passed, what I learned, um, what I've come through, what's gone right, what could have gone better. And then I take a couple of days into the new year and try to pick the lessons, the biggest lessons that I want to look at. Um, so for 2020, for me, um, there was a lot of personal growth. Um, I did a lot of shadow work, inner work, um, really looking back hard at past relationships, things that I really needed to let go of and also things that I really needed to look at belief wise uh, for self-worth and, and self-love too. I know we're going to talk about that today too, but looking at those things and then how to looking now today and tomorrow at what do I want to do? What routine, what rituals do I want to instill for this year to kind of solidify some of those lessons? And that's beautiful. Isn't it amazing that no matter our age and we probably get a little bit better as we get older but we still don't master it that relationships whether personal or professional are always on our to-do list every single year yeah it's amazing and and i think that's because you know we're growing and changing all the time so we always come back to it um we're learning i know for myself looking back to when i was in my 20s or teens like i'm not the same watching my girls grow up um i have a 16 and almost 16 she's not 16 yet and almost 17 um looking at where they are in terms of their relationships and what they they how they view relationships and communication is not the same as when i was their age um, and every year we learn a little bit more about ourselves that shape that so absolutely and i and that's one thing i want to actually that's what i'm looking for grow more right is my professional relationships i think personal is a little bit easier. And the reason why I would say that is you have the connection, mm -hmm. right? Like if you and I are romantically involved, we can build on that because of what we feel for each other mm -hmm. versus the relationship that you and I have now, it's more of like a, a network of professional. So we got to build off of each other's, let's say they, our brand, our success. So it mm -hmm. seems like it's a little bit more involved, right? Um. Yes and no. So. I think it can be a little bit trickier in some regards when you're talking about the, the networking and the business side of things. But ultimately, if you, I, I like to take this approach. If you trust yourself and you're really looking for those people that have the same, maybe not the same message, but they come from that same place of love and wanting to build their business for the similar reasons that you do. Um, I feel like those people will fall into place for you. And then you're you're willing and able to help each other share in those successes as you build and grow together. You bring in those same skills from personal relationships and you know, you bring you to that relationship just in a different aspect. Do you think um, that approach, do you think that's more of what you put out there? So like your energy and things like that? Is that what you mean? Yes. So, you know, when I work on and my businesses you know i like to bring that approach to my energy my i call it my authenticity because i don't do business the way 
other people do business. My business is not the same as your business or somebody else's, but I, I know I want to do business with someone who is kind of on the same wavelength um, that I feel is bringing a very authentic self. Like they're showing up in the same way that I am open minded, open heart um, from the same framework mentally, um, mind, heart, spirit that, that I am. And, and then it doesn't matter if, you know, you're selling apples and I'm selling oranges, we can succeed together in both and we can help each other get there. So that's, that's kind of the approach I like to take. So you hear that ladies and gentlemen, because Elizabeth and I connected because we're on the same wavelength and we will vibrate higher, right? (laughs) Yes. Yep. And not being afraid to, to let your the counterpart shine. Like I, I, all of my business partners, I want to be successful and see success in, and I celebrate that with them and get excited. You know, when you tell me you did 40 podcasts last year, like that's amazing. I get super excited for that with you. Um, and I look for business partners that share in that, that mindset too. Beautiful. Cause we beautiful. feed off so, of that. And I agree. And I think, um, you know, it's interesting. Like I'm looking at how we connected and I'm looking at the conversation we're having now. You know, sometimes there's a little bit of um, getting to know the person, but you and I were jumping into it. It's like we've known each other for a number of years, even though this is the first time officially we've put a face to the names. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, you kind of know, you feel it out. That That's where kind of knowing and trusting yourself and following that energy becomes so important because I know that you and I are having this conversation for a reason. Um, and I, I know and can feel and trust that energy. And and I've done, because I've done some of that work myself too, can can trust kind of where we're at in the moment. Absolutely. So I guess we're going to get officially started. So why don't you, before you introduce yourself, I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Shades with me and my lovely guest, Elizabeth, and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and who you are. Yep. Well, first of all, hi, everybody. Happy New Year. Thank you so much, Shereen, for having me on the show today. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, My name is Elizabeth Miles. I am an author, an entrepreneur. I am the co-founder of a company called March 4th Media, which is a company. I'm I'm a coach, life and business coach, uh, and, and I call myself an authenticity and mindset coach in that to kind of get a little bit more specific with that march 4th media is a company here for the independent creative so we're here to help you find and share your voice with the world everybody's here for a purpose and you have a story to tell i have a story to tell and i we believe we can heal the world together and and uplift and find that positivity in the world when we share our stories so as an author i i've written three books uh this is where you pivot the shift from fear to freedom the journey to healing, love yourself and connect you, which is my most recent book, which is a workbook. Um, it's called connect you a guide to your authentic life. And it's meant to help you kind of put some of those pieces together of yourself that make you authentically you. Lovely. So take us through your three books, take us from the first one to the second, to the third, and tell us how it would apply to the life of others or the audience that you have written those books for. Mm -hmm. So, this is where you pivot was the first book. It came out in 2019. Um, I was standing on a campsite one day, 
uh, ready to go on a hiking trip. And I heard a voice that said, this is where you pivot. Had no idea what the heck that meant or where it was coming from. Uh, the next day I was climbing that mountain and literally the first half of that hike, I spent screaming in anxiety and fear, judging myself, judging where I was, hating the experience and realized, I kept hearing, this is where you pivot. And then I realized as I'm sitting at this waterfall, which is what we had gone on this hike to, to do in the first place, I realized all the judgment, all the fear, like I was in my own head and not letting myself enjoy this experience. And I knew I had a choice to make. I could literally sit there and hate this and probably die on the mountain, which is what I was telling myself I was, was going to happen anyway. Or I could stand up straight and breathe and enjoy and relax. And that's what I chose to do. And I realized over time after that, you know, we're given the opportunity to, we, ever, we have situations that come up in our lives. Every given moment that we come up to that resistance or those obstacles, we have two choices. We can stay in the fear and the judgment, or we can see it as an opportunity to grow. And we can choose in those moments how we show up. So book number one is all about making that choice and recognizing that at any given moment, you have the power to make a new choice and start again. And it's okay sometimes to sit in that uncertainty that life's going to throw your way. We don't always have to have everything figured out. It doesn't have to be perfect all the time. You just need to, to know it's going to be okay and that you're going to take the steps to help yourself get out. And sometimes that means taking a step back and reflecting and learning and watching how the situation can help you grow. So that's what we talk about in book number one. Book number two is the journey to healing, love yourself. And it's kind of what happens after you make the choice to pivot. Um, you know, it's not always easy to sit in that uncertainty, but when you take the time to love yourself enough to go on that journey, you learn so much about yourself. You learn what you're capable of. You, you learn you're so much stronger than you gave yourself credit for in the first place. And for me, I used to think that self-love meant manicures and massages and that pampering. And that's part of it. That self-care is part of it. But what is equally as important with self-love is boundaries, understanding your energy and what it feels like, trusting your intuition, that inner work that goes along with self-love, you know, proper nutrition and care. It, there's so many different facets to self-love and, and it shows up. It's not easy but we need to do it because when you take the time to nurture yourself and care for yourself and honor your boundaries, the things that don't really resonate with you tend to fall away. And that leaves so much more space for the things that you do want to call into your life. And so this particular book, every chapter has a letter or two from me to you, a little love letter. And then we go into the content and then at the end, there are some reflection questions for the reader so you can start to go in and tap into yourself. And there's a section for you to write your own love letters to yourself. You know, how we talk to ourselves every day, we get to choose that. That's also a choice. You know, we can continue to put ourselves down or we can start to see the good in all of us. And that's really what I want people to take away when they read that second book. Is it? So from my understanding, and tell me if this is um, correct, right? <laughs> It seems like the first book, based on your experience, right, is you identifying maybe what needs to change about yourself. Is that accurate to say? 
I share my personal experiences through all of my books. Um, I try to have a very open conversation with the reader. That's actually one of the biggest comments that I get is like, I feel like you're talking to me and that we're sitting down having a cup of coffee. And, and that's really the style that I, I wanted to take because this isn't an easy topic. Um, when we think about personal development and making that choice to change, when you think about the fact that it's going to take a little bit of work, but ultimately, yes, it is me, my experiences sharing with you as a mom coming from, you know, marriage issues, bad marriage, health issues, relationship, all the ways that I have come through some of those situations. Do you think the location of where you were, you mentioned you had the waterfall, you had this seems like a beautiful surrounding about you, right? Was it one of those moments where you're like, you know what, everything is aligned. And this is why I'm hearing this voice because this is the point where Elizabeth makes this change because going forward, not only is she going to be a new person, she's going to be able to impact people in a different way. Was it one of those moments? I would say I had come to this, start this journey a good two or three years before in terms of spirituality and understanding energy and um, knowing what my intuition sounds like. Being there that day, I knew there was a reason I was hearing that message, but it didn't quite make sense why yet. And even when I was on that hike and I kept hearing it, I still wasn't quite sure. I knew there was something bigger. I started writing some of the framework for the book when I got back to camp that day not really realizing it was going to be a book. Um, but it's actually only been, it's still taken time after for all of it to kind of shape up. The, that message keeps coming back to me at various points. I'm, I know, knew at first I was, there was some hesitance in sharing that message out there. Um, and I had to get to a place where I could understand the point of it for myself as well as for others before I could share it. So yeah, I would say yes and no. What was the hesitation? Was it you maybe showing some vulnerability or was it maybe that, or was it something else like you didn't know how the message was gonna be received? Like what caused this hesitation for you? So I think ultimately it's, it's a lot of, it's stuff that we all deal with. And when I take a step back personally, I logically know that, right? But also putting myself in the reader's perspective, like these are things that, and I talk about this most in the third book in Connect You. These are things that you don't necessarily want the world to know about you because it tells the world you're not perfect. And when I, I had to kind of get over that, that judgment, like, this is my story and, and I don't have all my stuff together, but this is what's worked for me and put it out there and let that be okay. Every given moment we can choose how we want to show up. Great. But there was a really long time where I thought I had to show up in a different way. And I resisted the fact that you don't have to have it perfect. There is no perfect and being comfortable with that first, and getting over that made such a difference. Because that seems like it's a good segue into the second book where the second book is like the application of that, right? Because you mentioned the self-care, not only making yourself feel good on the outside with the manicures, the facials, going to the gym and stuff like that, but it seems like it's a journey more so for what's on the inside, from the inside out and pushing that energy forward. 
Exactly. That's why it's, it's the journey to healing. You know, we all go through things, there's trauma, there's, there's experiences that we bring into the world and we're all going through stuff, but it is that journey inward that makes a difference. Um, self-care manicures pedicures yeah that's the outward stuff but there's way more to it going on inside that impacts our self-worth that impacts how we how we manifest and how we choose to go after or not go after the things that we want to in life that we we feel will help us show up in the world in a better way and serve the world better based on who we are yeah, it goes back to like that old saying where you have someone who would wrap themselves in the best of linens right the best of clothing and everything but there's something underneath that is um affecting them in a way based on your experience as an author as a coach right and even your, your personal where you mentioned that you didn't know how you're going to be perceived as you mentioning these things do you think that's why so many people are hesitant because we're in general with such a judging group of people that maybe if i were to share my problem or share something that is close to my heart it may not be perceived in a way that i believe is helpful yes yep and i think that's a big part of why people wait so long to share what it is they want to share I, I there's that that i remember thinking it and i still do sometimes like who am i to, to send this out there but who are you not to you know you're going through things and i and i think this goes into the big conversation that i have a lot of times with clients is is it's that message getting it out there as clear as possible and then understanding who you're really talking to because i know my books are not for everybody you know the personal development self-help genre is huge. There are a ton of authors out there, but if you look at the genre as a whole, all of those books fall into different buckets within this, that section of writing. And so I know that my book is not intended necessarily for every person out there. It's about knowing what that message is and who it really is meant for, and then letting your message get to those people because you're not talking to everybody you want people that really resonate and are going through those similar things for you now um because you mentioned the the like pivot journey to and, and connect to you right as a mother of two now how does that fall into your journey when you're on your journey to healing because i know you mentioned that you've had some um previously um experiences that may not have been good when it comes to the marriage relationships right so now in your current situation describe your journey to healing as a mother of two so actually it's funny my kid my two now are six almost 16 and 17 but i actually have four so i have a, a 19 and a 20 year old as well and they're grown and they're they're kind of in the world now so it's funny because if i were going if if i became a mom now knowing who I am today, it would have changed how I parented then. Um, you know, the journey to healing, when I got to the point, especially on the mountain, when I knew I was being called for something, like that's, this was a like, you need to wake up, like you need to do something different with your life. I kind of already knew. I didn't want to hear it though. I was so stuck in the routine and I was afraid of what would happen if I made that choice to do something different, to make a new choice, to leave the situation that we were in at the time. And 
there were a lot of times early on in the journey that I was resisting that. It's just that one choice that I had the hardest time with because I thought it was my job to fix and change the situation. And really what I needed to do was fix and change myself. That was the only thing I could control. And that journey was, you know, I went kicking and screaming <laughs> very much so throughout the first part of the journey, even like, and I mean, up to the point of being on that mountain. So it's, it's a journey. And even, and now we're, we're always, it, there's no ending to the journey. I think, I think I mentioned that in the book, but you're never done. You know, we're here for tests and lessons. And once you get the lesson, you're going to move on to something else. And it's interesting because as you go through the journey and what I've come to learn is similar situations will pop up that are going to remind you of those old situations to be like, are you really over this? But you're always coming at it from new, a new perspective with new information. You're, you're looking at it as that new person. And so you're always pulling new perspectives off of that. So that journey to healing is never really, there's no set destination. Why do you think that when it comes to relationship that we feel that it's maybe not necessarily a job, right? But we're, it's like part of our responsibility to fix the situation instead of taking a step back and saying, you know what? I need to fix me. And maybe when I'm fixed, this situation is no longer for me. Why do you think that happens? That's a really good question. So I know for me, I th part of it was what I learned and observed as a kid. Um, that's only part of the equation though. If I look back and go, if I had thought that, I knew that all the things that I didn't want to admit, it was like, it's uncomfortable to look at yourself and look at the things that you don't like about yourself or that you think need to change. That's not easy work to do, you know, to, to think of yourself as, you know, con controlling or, you know, those judgmental or to look back at where you've made mistakes in your life. Definitely not easy work. And I think it's easier in some cases, though not the best idea to try to hang on and try to change and force that change in somebody else than to take a step back and look at yourself and let accept those aspects of yourself, recognize that maybe isn't how you want to show up in the world and then choose if the situation really is for you or not. I think a lot of people, I, boundaries are something I did not learn until probably four years ago. <laughs> and even now it's still something I struggle with. Like to think that it's okay to say you're, you have your perspective. I have mine. I know that I don't want to tolerate a beyond that. It's something we all struggle with. I agree. And I was actually, I had this conversation with someone previously, um, because you mentioned, um, what you learned growing up and I told them that it's amazing how we undervalue the impact of our upbringing right like mm -hmm. there are things as children that we learn that um we absorb from maybe our parents or grandparents or maybe mm -hmm. the people around us when we were very young right that we don't realize triggers us in a way in our adulthood or makes us behave in a certain way that when we take a step back and we're like why am i doing this mm -hmm. right and then you begin to understand i'm doing this because 15 years ago I saw this mm -hmm. 20 years ago, I was told this. And I told my friends, um, I asked her, how many mirrors do you have in your home? She's like, well, I have a mirror in every room, the bathroom, wherever, right? I was like, how many times do you look in that mirror 
and see who you are inside versus what you actually have on. She's like, never. And I told her that we need to start looking at ourselves by turning the mirror, not on Elizabeth, not on our viewers, right? But turn it on ourselves and have a conversation. Am I happy with myself? Mm -hmm. Do I like this about myself? If I don't like this about myself, what am I going to do? Do you think that is something we need to do more of and that could continue to your point with our journey to healing going forward? Absolutely. Because so, and, and one step further, I think is the recognition that we're we're a soul within that that has a body like this can be manipulated i mean even when you think about plastic surgery and and things like that you can change this you can't like your soul at the core of who you are though it doesn't matter what this looks like if what's inside like you don't feel good about that or you don't know what's in there and i think a lot of times we get so stuck on the outside that we we forget about that and so as you're looking in that mirror look past what you see on the outside and recognize the good parts of who you are and start there because I think you need that proof to get started. That makes it almost easier to look at the not so good things, if that makes any sense. I think we need more of that, right? Because with everything that's mm -hmm. going on, right? Um, the pandemic, um, mental health, people struggling with that, job loss, you know, um, not even being able to see your family the way that we were seeing them in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, we're spending a lot more time alone, mm -hmm. right? And my concern is what, and that's why I love having you on the show today. My concern is that what's gonna happen to those people that are not used to spending additional hours by themselves without the human contact, because that's how we're built. We're built to have that interaction, right? To be social, yep. to have these back and forth. What if that's not there? what happens to that group of people right and that's actually a really good question and something it's really important to talk about this because this is the time where we're being called inward and the discomfort comes because we don't want to and we're so used to having distractions all around us marketing tv movies you know they're great but at the same time we can use those as distraction because we don't want to take that look inward it's been tough for everybody. I think one of the things, and I, I talk about this, um, I've talked about it on my podcast. I think I've mentioned it in other interviews that I've done. The one thing to remember in the, when you talk about the, the pandemic is every single person on the planet right now is impacted by this. So right there, you are not alone. And while it's different, there are still systems that we can use to, to have that back and forth. This is one of them. You know, we're having this conversation. You're in your place. I'm in mine. We can still connect and recognize that soon, hopefully, you know, with if everybody does their part with social distancing, we can go back to having those in-person conversations. But we can get close to it now. I think getting on a Zoom call or, you know, a messenger call and having that face-to-face -face is important. But, but first recognize that as scary and as difficult as it is right now, you're not alone. And, and in, some time, in some cases, when we think about certain situations in our life and we hear that, we're like, yeah, right, nobody else is going through this, it's just me. But really, when you talk about COVID-19, every single person on the planet right now is having the same issue. And would you, what would you say to someone that 
like that's going through that, but they need that support system. Do you think that's something that's important that they need to build around? And do you help people build that support system so they can continue on this journey? I think so. Look at your immediate networks first. You know, who can you count on for support? And be willing to ask for that help when you need it. And if it's not in your social circle, coach, mentor, pastor, teacher, there's somebody that can direct you to the right place. You know, there are a lot of organizations out there that are mental health organizations that that exist specifically to help with support. Um, you know, as a coach, it's something that I work with clients on. I'm here for my clients. I, you know, whether that be by phone or Zoom, you know, we we connect. Find the person that's going to resonate with you that that you trust to help you. Um, and it doesn't always have to be the bad stuff either. Sometimes you just need someone to celebrate with you, and to let and to let you have those good moments. Find the people that can share that that celebration as much as be there to support you when you need to need someone to lift you up. It's like having, it's like um, running a race and having your cheerleaders at the end of the race, right? Just having absolutely to celebrate with you. Like let's say, for example, you and I, right? I want to celebrate your success, right? In what ways would you say to the average person, let's celebrate the person's success by doing this? What would be your recommendation and why? Get on a Zoom call and just you know share this because I mean, I'm thinking right now like um we can save that for we can party twice uh so for right now get on get your friends on a zoom call and just share in that and have a party actually I say that my 15 year old daughter she and a bunch of friends the other night got on and did like a new year's party on zoom and and they all got together they played a game together so you can still have that and it's it's no different now if you have something you want to celebrate get a bunch of people on a call together and and do a face-to-face -face chat and and go have fun. What advice would you give for the next generation of, let's say, women coming up? Because you have a, I would say, a unique perspective, right? Of going through what you're going through and your journey. Like what advice would you give the next generation of women coming up? Oh my gosh, what would I not say? Um, <laughs> don't well, be afraid. We have, we have time, we have time, Elizabeth. <laughs> go ahead. Say everything that's on your mind right now. <laughs> don't be afraid find the support let lean on the other women who have been there as well find those mentors um that was not something that was easy for me for a long time either was as knowing it's okay to ask for that help um from the people who are going in a, on a similar path um but they are out there next generation not just women all across the board be really welcoming to learning who you are because it's not the likes on social media it's not the followers on you know wherever instagram views any of that you're more than that you're more than a number um and i say that not just with social media in mind i think in in business when you look at the way big business is done today big box um it's really easy as employees coming into an organization now to feel like you're just a number you know, data drives the way society lives today. And that makes it really hard to kind of push past the idea that you're a number. You're more than that. I would love for the next generations to realize that. Is that something that took you some time to realize? Because you mentioned that it wasn't easy for you. 
Yeah. Um, and actually as a business owner, when I first started my first business, I, I looked at it more as a numbers game and you let's face it, you get into business to make money. That's, that's why you run a business, but you have to look at the message that you're looking to share and realize it's bigger than the, the, the numbers are only part of it. The numbers are there to guide you, to tell you what needs to pivot in your business. Um, doesn't tell you the full story. And I think as individuals, it's really easy to, to, especially now when you can't just go out and hang out with your friends, you know, oh, I don't have that many likes on that post or, you know, you're more than that. And, and find there are people and groups out there that can help you, that are there for you. And I think once you get to college, you find yourself with like-minded people because you're all studying the same thing. But it's hard before that point. It's really challenging to be a kid today. So I would agree with that because we would get lost in the instant gratification, right? Like we mm -hmm. put up a post on Instagram, for example, we get the amount of likes that we were aiming for we sign off and then off we go. But mm -hmm. there isn't really anything to follow up with us, right? There isn't, um, no one's gonna come to you and say, you know what, good job, or you know what, that was amazing. But I think that has replaced the long-term goal, right? Or the hard work because you'll have someone, and that's probably why you have all these crazy diets, like the 30 days that are so popular now because they want it as quickly as possible. But to your point, if we have, someone like say us showing the way or showing that you know what you can do this you may not get the results you want tomorrow but you, you will get it down the road i think that would be better because remember it's a journey to healing not a day mm -hmm. to healing right 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 you bring up a good point about wanting that instant gratification and i think another big message for is consistency it's it's really easy to look at the things that we see in front of us and go, oh, they were overnight successes. And we undervalue the work that's done year, six months, 10 years, it doesn't matter prior to. Um, the overnight success is likely not really <laughs> that overnight instant. I mean, it could be, I don't wanna limit that as a possibility, but consistency is key growth is more important than that end goal you're right because for example you've been in business for how long now um five five years now yeah five years right so what you know now is definitely different than what you knew three years ago and five years ago when you first started like you have the experience you have the drive you have the ambition and you've kept at it right they always say that when you start a business if you can survive the first year you will find your success mm -hmm. and you have five years in, you have three books in, you have these clients, and then that should be the example for anyone else. Sure, there's some people that, you know what, they do something, it catches fire, and they're an overnight success, right? But the majority of us will have to put in those hours, 12 hours, 14 hours, long days, organizing this marketing, because when you always, when you start out, and you can speak on this, it's usually just you, mm -hmm. or you and your dream. Is that accurate? Absolutely. You have this thought in your mind. It's you doing the work of every part of the organization on your own. And when I, so my first business was a bakery and, you know, I, sure I had the support. I had family helping me running farmers market stands and, but ultimately you're doing 
HR, you're doing marketing, you're doing accounting, you're doing, in addition to inventory and running production, if it's a product-based business, um, it becomes really easy to lose yourself in that, like your own personal identity, because your brand has its own identity. Uh, the consistency though, is really where it's at. Because when you get started in business, I know this was a lesson I learned. You have an idea and an idea of how you want to present it, but it can take some time to really figure out if that presentation really works. And, and I, and the bakery is the best example of this because I thought I knew how I was going to present it to the world. And when I actually got in business and started to present it at the farmer's markets and, and trying to, you know, build a wholesale clientele, how that was presented in a way that really worked. I didn't think about everything that went into it, shelf life, you know, uh, packaging, labeling. I just knew I had gluten-free vegan cookies to sell and I wanted people to enjoy them. <laughs> so it really took time to refine what was going to work. And you don't know until you know. So there's also that fear of, well, I have to have everything worked out before I get into business. You have an idea, work with someone to kind of get yourself ready with a plan that can be loosely modified as you go along but really you're not going to know until you're doing it what you know and over to even now what that packaging at the end looked like compared to where i started was completely different i must have changed it a bunch of times that's okay you get better every time and and recognize that's part of the process until so, you know since you have vegan cookies i don't eat meat so i want to try some uh, i'll send you some <laughs> no nut do. allergies though right we don't do no, nuts, no, no. So. no okay. no 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 yeah okay. I've, i haven't had meat in about almost 20 years now wow okay nice yeah so i'll definitely try those and if anyone wants any please the ones i get i won't share with you guys you guys have to connect with your no i'm joking I'll send you guys <laughs> <what I> <laughs> we can share cookies for everybody that's fine Absolutely. <laughs> but you know what I, from what you're saying, I was like, I was thinking it's kind of like a metaphor for change, right? Like when you mention the packaging, we can apply that to ourselves, right? We present ourselves mm -hmm. this way, rebrand, repackage next year, we're this way. I think that's why you have the New Year's resolutions, right? Because you're rebranding and repackaging yourself similar to like how you did with the bakery and the cookies. So I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that too, because I think when we get started in a business as an entrepreneur, we have an idea, but there's also some fear there. And there might be resistance to that success because of limiting beliefs that we bring into the the business. You know, we're, we're told we can only have success up to this much. What I realized, and I was doing this in, in marketing, in the packaging, even in social media posting, like the effort that I was putting in was reflective of how I felt about myself. And so I was holding back in some of the creativity and the design almost because I was afraid of that success, whether that meant that I didn't think I could have it or that I didn't deserve it. But once I started working through some of that myself, that's when those changes started to happen. And I, you know, the, the risks I was willing to take and put myself out there changed throughout this work. And so you're doing the work for the business and yourself at the same time. And how were you over, able to overcome that? Like what was the process on a mental level that took you to overcome the fear and take that leap forward and be more creative? 
Oh, um, I worked with a coach <laughs> for a while. Um, I still work with my coach. Um, and she's there to help me like pinpoint where I need to look at things. Um, I do a lot of journaling every single day. Um, I, I can feel when there's blocks now, you know, things I need to look at and, and in the situations that don't feel so good and so comfortable, you know, looking at where this is coming from, um, what does my heart and my intuition tell me I need to, to look at with this and sitting with it. And it doesn't always feel comfortable and it's not always pleasant, but ultimately I get that answer. And then it's almost like I can release what needs to be released and that leaves space for what can come in and I can create. It's, I will admit easier for me in terms of creation and writing and when I have what I had before COVID. So my gym routine is the biggest thing, being able to get in the gym and really work out you know, an hour, 90 minutes. That, that was what I needed. I knew that I could come out of the gym. I would have that feeling every, it would almost like open up everything for me. Can you still hear me? Okay. Of course. Of course. I like, I like the animation with the hands. Everyone can't see it, but I can see it. I love it because I know that she's passionate. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that would kind of open everything up for me and then I could center myself enough to get the work done. So, it's finding ways to implement those routines that are similar now when the gyms are closed and everybody's in lockdown. <laughs> um, but then, you know, being able to journal, I carry a notebook wherever I go. I use my voice recorder now on my phone. So if I do have creative ideas or something that I want to explore, or think about, you know, I'll record it or text it to myself now and I can always come back to it later. But, you know, it's about knowing what you want and being willing to make the time for it too, which is just as much part of self-love as anything else. I find that amazing that you answer that way because I spoke to um, a few people that are entrepreneurs who've been in it for a number of years like you. And what I've noticed as a common theme is the power of putting thoughts to paper, which mm -hmm. I maybe didn't appreciate, like I'm a big fan of poetry. I appreciated it even growing up, um, especially my adult years even more so, but I didn't realize how many entrepreneurs, small business owners journal and write down their thoughts. Like they actually, just like you mentioned, they actually carry around a journal. Like how powerful is that journal to you? And how powerful do you think it should be to others? Oh my gosh. I, I still look back. The journal itself has been so important to me. There's like, there's literally a connection between your brain and the hand and, and the, we store thoughts, trauma experiences in our cells, like it's in our cellular memory. And the act of getting it out is so therapeutic for us. It's like, it's like unlocking, for me at least, it's like unlocking this, this door to something inside of myself that I didn't know was there. And, you know, taking the time to actually journal about it, you're, you're con literally connecting with yourself and your thoughts. Um, for me, it's not the same as typing it out on a computer. It doesn't have the same effect for me. And, you know, it's so powerful. And then you get to look back at these journals. I still have, oh my gosh, so many journals. Um, <laughs> and I look back and I go, oh my gosh, look at how many times this issue came up for me. What is holding me back from really diving in deep and looking at it further? Um, you know, and there's times where I'll look back and I'll remember, like, I forget things. You forget, you go through stuff. You almost forget the lessons that you came through. Um, so it's good to look back every now and then and reflect on where you came from. I think there's more of a 
intimacy when you're actually writing it mm-hmm. because when i start to type i find myself i would type it and then i don't feel as connected but when i open that journal i have it in my hand and i'm starting to put my thoughts on the paper i feel a more i don't want to use the word spiritual but i feel a more inward connection mm-hmm. to the words i'm actually putting down yeah i mean i think the computer is great the technology is great but let's face it we also know that if we're hitting a nerve with something that feels uncomfortable and we're typing it we can always click off of it <laughs> really easy and like now all of a sudden we're in like social media land and and we lose that focus on ourselves and when you're looking at you and the paper it's just you and that page and it's it is that intimate conversation with yourself um you can go deeper with it 